Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Business Life and Coffee podcast. And this episode has a feature called Coffee Shop Q&A. This is where we bring in experts who know all about their area of expertise and want to share their background and expertise with you. This week, we're talking all about real estate, how to get in, what are some things to avoid, and what's the market looking like in 2021. So we have Lane Kawaoka. He is a real estate investor. He owns seven manufactured home parks and 21 apartment buildings and one assisted living facility totaling 4,000 plus units in nine U.S. markets. Lane, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Joey. Appreciate it. Hey, man, there's a lot of doors that you have there. What was your first real estate purchase? Yeah, so I um, just to kind of set in context for folks. I do mainly buy and hold real estate. We don't wholesale, we don't flip, do any of that active type of stuff. So my first rental property was in Seattle in 2009, bought it to live in, but then I realized that you could rent these things out and that was where the start of this journey came about. That's pretty awesome, man. So it started with your own place and you just have kept going. So of the 11 years, or I guess maybe 12 years in real estate, what is this? what are you excited about about this year? This year, I mean, now that you're coming out of the pandemic, there's a little bit more stable ground. You don't have the election to worry about. Seems like the next president is confirmed. I mean, it's a lot less volatileness out there. Yeah. And I think people are feeling like, I mean, you could make an argument whether the vaccines are going to work or not. But I mean, things are kind of moving in the, the right direction. There's a light at the end of the tunnel now. And the fact that cap rates didn't really change through a freaking pandemic makes me pretty, uh, pretty bullish. And the fact that, you know, they got pumped in three to four trillion dollars of fake money into the system. And that's all going to filter down to investors at the end of the day. Yeah, they, uh, it's uh, I've seen home prices rise. I've seen rents pretty much stabilize outside of some markets where there was a big migration away, you know, New York and San Francisco, those sort of markets. But for the most part, things have seemed to be pretty stable. But could you give us a, a sort of an overview of, of who you are, why you're interested in real estate, why you think it's a good time to be in real estate, uh, if you think so? Um, and, and just let our listeners get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, so I own 4,200 rental units. Today we pick up apartment buildings and we specialize in workforce housing. So not luxury stuff, not bottom of the rung stuff, but stuff for like regular people, you know, paying 700 bucks to 1200 bucks a month rent. You know, that, that normal, what we call B and C class rung. We invest in red states where, you know, the landlord laws are on our side. And uh, we, we tend to invest in states where the economy is going well and people are moving towards where there's a net migration um, going up. Places like Texas, Alabama, Georgia, you know, a lot of the South and Southeast. So exactly what you said, you know, like there's a mass exodus in Seattle, New York, California. It just makes no sense to live there. And especially when you you can kind of pick up and work remotely and where, where you want to go. I mean, people are, I mean, the numbers are showing it all right there, right? I mean, Hewlett Packard is leaving California. They were the ones who started Silicon Valley back in the day. Yeah, that's huge. Where, where are they Where are they relocating? Are they going to Austin? Uh, I think, yeah, Austin or Dallas, one of the two. I mean, Austin, Dallas is pretty close, but, uh, yeah. you know, Tesla's going to... Austin. Um, Austin is a kind of a smaller town. It's not as big as Dallas, but that whole Texas triangle, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, it's just been on fire for the last, you know, eight years. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. And you're right with jobs being more remote and, every, and opportunity being remote and 
if there's one thing of many that COVID taught us is that you don't have to be in an office to get your work done and your customers don't care if you're in office or at home as long as you're producing results. So I would imagine that this work from home life is here to stay and will that might change the population trends in places across the country because maybe there are spots that are more ideal, maybe from a quality of life perspective, uh, and we'll see people migrate to those areas. Right. I mean, we like to say what a lot of people, experts in our field will say is, you know, the pandemic did not create any really new trends, but accelerated old ones. Yeah. So, you know, the usage of technology, working remotely, getting out of places like California, where the taxes are just ridiculous, and the quality of life is low. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff there, but you pay for it. And you don't really need to be there. So the, there was already that trend. So the stuff just accelerated it all. Yeah. So people who are listening to this may say this is the year that I get into real estate. And uh, at the start of the episode, you mentioned um, some of the things you don't do. So all that to say, there are a lot of ways to get involved into real estate. But how, if you're somebody that's not in real estate, but looking to get into it, how will you know that you're ready to invest in real estate? What are some of the like checklist items to say, I have this much cash in reserve, or I've done this research? From your expert opinion, how, how do you know when you're ready to get started into real estate? Yeah, I mean, the kind of real estate I, investing I do, I mean, anytime is a good time to start because we're cash flow investors, right? I mean, if you buy a property based on the cash flow where you're looking at the trailing rent trends of what actually has been put into the bank and you know your debt service and, you're, and you know sort of the expenses that to expect, you always want to be buying, right? Because you don't really care about the price. So the price can go up and down. Yeah, of course you sell when it's high, but when it's down, you just hold on to it. I and mean, that's why you bought it in the first place as an income stream. So always be trying to buy. There's not really like, I mean, people try and make excuses, right? Like, oh, it's a bad market. It's a good market. There's a pandemic, but that's just excuses in my opinion, if you're on the cash flow side. But yeah, checklist is, you know, educate yourself, check out my podcast. I always tell people to learn for at least three months, right? What's the name that of your has, podcast so people can check it out? Simple Passive cash flow, passive real estate investing, iTunes, Google Play. But yeah, you know, just absorb a bunch of stuff for three months or so. You know, even all the stuff that maybe you shouldn't do, like wholesaling and flipping, um, just absorb stuff. But kind of once you you kind of got everything, kind of funnel into where you are. So a lot of my clients are higher paid doctors, lawyers, engineers, high paid professionals. So a lot of these guys, they funnel into buying remote rentals, turnkey rentals out of state, not where they live. And once they get up to being a little bit higher net worth, especially accredited investor status, then they go into syndications and private placements. But, you know, for guys starting out, you know, your net worth is under a quarter million dollars. I would say just focus on buying a rental property that meets the 1% rent value ratio and you're going to use 20% down payments Fannie Mae Freddie Mac debt so you're looking like 25 grand is what you need to kind of get started for that down payment and maybe a little bit of cash reserves closing costs awesome awesome Jumpstart HR is changing the face of the HR industry with their outsourcing project consulting and phone support enabling startups and small businesses to outsource their HR needs from anywhere in the US from new business and legal compliance to employee performance management and outplacement services. Within the business community, Jumpstart HR is a trusted and reliable service. In fact, companies like Forbes, HR.com, and Inc. Magazine have all featured Jumpstart HR for their easy to use, 
hourly, monthly, and on-call support that is tailored specifically to each client's needs. This saves clients like you a lot of time and money. To learn more, schedule your free HR evaluation today at jumpstart-hr.com slash contact. Yeah, we, um, my wife and I, we became real estate investors just by way of keeping our our first house that we bought together and moving into the new one and, and retaining that. And it's been great to have that income coming in. And we're looking at getting our another property this year. Haven't decided whether that is going to be what market that's going to be in or whether it's manufactured or a uh, manufactured home or a multifamily. But what, what are some of the best, safest kind of investments for people that are interested in real estate investing? Yeah, I mean, just kind of sticking with the bread and butter, right? The average American lives in eighty-two dollars to $150,000 home. They pay about 900 bucks a rent, right? Some of the better ones. Yeah, so you can get some houses that are six hundred or sixty grand that rent for eight hundred. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a, a more of a headache tenant. Right. I prefer to have a little bit less headaches, even though the returns aren't as good. So that usually lines up to be like a hundred thousand dollar house that rents for a thousand dollars, right? Right at that one percent rent to valuation. You take the monthly rent divided by the purchase price. And I think, yeah, you know, Joy, like once you kind of get a few years down the road, you know, you have to do what any good investor does is, you know, you're you're building up your equity, right? Your property might be appreciating, but you're certainly paying down your mortgage. You're getting more equity there. You have to pay attention to your return on equity. Once that starts to dip down into the teens, that's when you either refinance, sell, or 1031 exchange into the next property and just keep growing. Yeah. You, you mentioned the 1% loan-to-value rule, and I know what that means, but maybe there's somebody that's listening and they aren't sure why that's a good target. What is it in the first place? Why is the 1% loan-to-value or rental-to-value uh, ratio a, a good rule of thumb to abide by? Yeah, so the 1% rent-to-value ratio is this kind of sort of rule of thumb that we like to use to figure out, are we going to cash flow positive on this thing every month? So you know, you find it by taking the monthly rent divided by the purchase price. So $1,000 a month rent on a $100,000 house is 1000 divided by 100 grand. That's 1%. So that's good. So what you want to do is you know go look at your Zillow or go look at all, you know your rental properties on your local area and then just do that quick math right? I mean, you're not going to be in the nicest area. You're not going to be in the worst area and go kind of look around. What are these things? What are people paying for these properties? And what do these things rent for? And try and look for stuff that's 1% or higher. If you're in Washington, California, New York, Boston, DC, you ain't going to find anything around there, right? You may have to go out to Atlanta, um, Memphis, places like that, invest remotely. But yeah, that's a quick and dirty way of figuring out because what it drives down to is on you know say on that house that's a hundred thousand dollars that rents for a thousand dollars if each of my fingers is a hundred bucks you're going to pay your property manager ten percent right because we don't do any landlording we let paid professionals do that hard work for us mm-hmm. and pay a hundred bucks to repairs maintenance and then a hundred bucks going to some cap x stuff to just stick in the bank as cash reserves because you know you're going to have to change out the hvac the roof big components at some point and then you're going to have to pay your debt service taxes and, and insurance and then that's where you're hopefully left with like you know at least a couple hundred bucks at the end of the day as your cash flow mm-hmm. right most people do this calculation wrong they're like well if my rent's a thousand dollars and my debt service is 
500 bucks, that means I have $500 left over. No, that's not the case. You have to account for all your expenses, property management, CapEx. And you also have to throw in a factor in there that you know your, your property is not going to be 100% occupied all the time, right? Usually a 5 to 10% vacancy number is, is a good filler in there too. Are there any other uh, do's and don'ts that you recommend for people to, that are just starting out? I would say like, you know, a lot of it is just like diving into the numbers. I mean, people can go to my website and get my analyzer for free. Um, so it's a spreadsheet. You can kind of look at like each line item and like repairs, well, how much to assume there, or vacancy, how much to assume and just run the numbers, right? Like the 1% rent to value ratio is good enough for a podcast here. People are kind of just doing the quick and dirty, but learn the numbers and it's not that difficult. People can check out the video that I have on that at simplepassivecashflow.com slash analyzer and download it right there. But that's step number one, right? Buy things that are cash flow positive and you don't get really got to worry. Cool. Well, Lane, this has been fun chatting with you. I wish you continued success in your market. And I, I appreciate the fact that you take time to educate audiences to get into the real estate game, uh, possibly to become customers of yours and build their wealth as well. So I enjoyed having you on the show. Do you have any parting thoughts or parting words you want to share? Yeah. I mean, people listening, do it, right? It works. And I think it's one of the most uh, conservative things you can invest in and, and possibly one of the lucrative things. And it's not a get rich quick thing, but it's a get rich surely thing. But yeah, it's I get it. It's a lot of money and it's you may not have the network around you to kind of do it in the beginning, but just start off and stick to something that's 1% rent to value ratio. I mean, I was able to quit my job in less than 10 years. And I think a lot of people find that that 10 year time horizon is very attainable, but you got to start somewhere. Awesome. Well, till next time, I uh, would love to have you back on the show in the latter part of the year to see how things have gone and uh, see it, how the uh, incoming administration maybe has influenced the real estate market. But uh, we've got some months ahead to see that play out. Thanks for joining us. And if you tuned in and you like this episode, make sure you give it a five-star review on iTunes and share it with all of your friends. Talk to you soon.